You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Alexa, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider Credential, member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Tuesday, first podcast of the week, and we are still looking at the schedule. Let's look at some of the biggest games for the Pelicans this upcoming season. What might be the most fun? What are some of the most important ones? We'll break that all down as we still give our way too early look at certain things. Then in the second half of the podcast, we're just going to catch up on some news going on around the NBA. The Pelicans have been linked to some names, some other massive players for division rivals. Manu Ginobili might have just retired. There's a lot going on around the NBA. The offseason never sleeps and we are here to recap all of it. So let's just jump right on into everything in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So before we get to the schedule stuff in certain games, I want to let you guys know, I did pop on the Locked On NBA podcast on Monday. I normally host on Wednesday, but I was a guest on Monday talking about the Pelicans, particularly Jalil Okafor and mental health and how that's kind of affecting him and how he's improving from there. So if you want, give that a listen. You can kind of get some insight into what host Josh Lloyd is kind of feeling and thinking about this Pelicans team as they head into this next season. We talked about Alfred Payton as well on there. And then it should be coming out any day now. It might come out. It might be out right now. I'm not sure. It depends on when he posts it. But I was on Locked on Fantasy Basketball also with Josh Lloyd, giving you guys kind of a fantasy perspective from the New Orleans Pelicans aspect of things. Who should you be looking to draft from your favorite team or who should you be looking to avoid? Interestingly, he while he thinks the Pelicans are going to go over there, over under the Vegas win total there, and I agree with him on that, he thinks overall some of the players might maybe regress a little bit. Not regress in a bad way in terms of their worst players, but in terms of their fantasy numbers. He doesn't think Davis is going to put up these kind of gargantuan numbers to the same extent that he did this past season. He thinks the scoring might go down a little bit more. He also thinks maybe the blocks per game drop a little bit. And when he kind of looks at this thing, you know, one block less per game is kind of big in fantasy basketball. So that's very influential. He thinks Nikola Mirotic is going to have a lower usage rate, which means he maybe doesn't score as much. Now that you've got Randall in here as well and kind of another big for him to play alongside where he wasn't really playing with DeMarcus Cousins because of everything in the injury there. Um, He's kind of high on Alfred Payton. He's uh, very high on Drew Holiday. Ian Clark could be kind of a breakout candidate, he thinks, for this Pelicans team. So we kind of covered all of that and more and a bunch of different things there um, with the New Orleans Pelicans. So if you're curious about it from a fantasy perspective, make sure you keep an eye out on Twitter. And of course, I'll tweet tweet out the link to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast when it comes to that. But okay, the schedule. Obviously, there's some big games on here. We can go over maybe some of the obvious ones to start with, the first being the opening night game at Houston. Houston is losing Trevor Ariza, Luke Baamute. They're going to have Carmelo Anthony in and try and find a way to integrate his play style to their style of ball. And maybe they're ripe for an upset. They did have the best record in the league last year. Wednesday, October 27th at Houston maybe gives you a good barometer for this Pelicans team. Can they compete with James Harden, who was the MVP of last season, and all the other weapons, Chris Paul, 
all the other guys that are on the Houston Rockets team. Don't forget they re-signed Clint Capella. But if they're in a bit of a disarray, maybe the Pelicans can snatch and steal a road win that they wouldn't otherwise be able to get. And while the Pelicans take on the Golden State Warriors on Halloween night in Oakland, I don't think that's the biggest game from the Pelicans from the first part of their schedule. I think it's actually the Saturday game, October 27th, against Utah at home. I know Pelicans fans don't really like this Utah team. Utah doesn't really like the Pelicans, I think, mainly because their fans really hate DeMarcus Cousins, but he's no longer here. But these two teams are kind of an opposite style. The Pelicans are fast and high scoring and wanting to get out and run, whereas Utah is a very slower paced team that kind of relies on defense, though you see them now with Donovan Mitchell maybe being a little bit better offensively than they have in the past. So you've got these two clashing styles. I'm always curious when this happens, who dictates the game more? Do the Pelicans get out and run and force the the Utah Jazz to run with them? Or is Utah going to kind of grind this out and play their style of basketball and what they want to do? I think that's a very good litmus test for the fifth game of the regular season. And again, Utah's expected, and a lot of people have them projected to be very high up in the Western Conference, potentially the third or fourth seed. So are they going to be able to do that? Or can New Orleans kind of show them, no, this is is the team, the other team in the Western Conference that people need to really be watching out for. Then coming soon after that one, Thursday, November 1st at Portland, the first time these two teams play after the playoff series. New Orleans is going to go into this one wanting to show people it's not a fluke. You can take down Portland, who was the higher seed in the Western Conference playoffs. And Portland's out to show, hey, we don't need to completely tear this down and reboot things. I don't think the Pelicans necessarily really care about this game as much as Portland will, but they are going to come out firing. It is, of course, on TNT as well, so that's kind of fun. I think the league knows as a whole that this is kind of a really big one for these two teams particularly for Portland, who's going to come in with a chip on their shoulder and something to prove. And then the Pelicans hit a kind of weird stretch in their schedule, and we talked about it um, before, where you know they go through a bit of an easy stretch at times, easy-ish, and it's kind of the middle of their schedule before getting to the really easy part, but they don't have a very interesting game that really just jumps out at you until maybe Friday, December 21st, when they go to Los Angeles to take on LeBron James and the Lakers. It's an ESPN game uh, that Friday primetime. So that's a lot of fun to see here. It's also going to be the first time Rajon Rondo is going to now face his former team. There's no real bad blood there because you see a lot of the Pelicans players working out with him currently. And we talked about that on the podcast last week. But again, this is a game where the Pelicans should be better than the Lakers, but the Lakers do have LeBron James, who's still the best player in the league. I don't think there's really any debating that. So all of a sudden, you kind of look at this and you're like, okay, is LA going to come out firing at home on a Friday with a big crowd? Or are the Pelicans going to go in there and just shut it down and show that LeBron James doesn't necessarily scare them as much anymore? And it's going to take a team effort to beat them rather than one single Herculean performance by one player. So let's fast forward to January now. There's a stretch here that I want to talk about. It's bookended by a game against Minnesota on each side. But in between, you've got January 2nd, January 5th, 7th, and 9th. You go at Brooklyn, at Cleveland, home versus Memphis, home versus Cleveland. We saw New Orleans really give away a lot of games they should have won, games that they were favored in, particularly at home last year. I mean, Sacramento won two games here in New Orleans, I think, last year. And I mean, that's just shouldn't be the case and shouldn't be what it is. So when you get Brooklyn, who's going to be better but not good, and the Cavs, who are not going to be good, coming to town, 
um, for two games. Do Does New Orleans kind of rise to the challenge or do they play down to their opponent? That four-game stretch against subpar teams, the Cavs twice, I think might really give you a test of what this team's mental state is. We saw them kind of turn a corner in the second half of last year where they really played with kind of that killer instinct, that type of mentality we wished to see from them for a very, very long period of time. A lot of that has been credited to Rondo, but do they kind of turn it around from that and then all of a sudden show that they still have that? That's going to be a big game for me. And then we jump to January 16th at Golden State. Now, this, I think, is the one you want to watch against these two teams. They play earlier in the year, but it's early in the season. There's no real stakes there. You play towards the end of the regular season, on um, the final game, actually, here in New Orleans. But that one's likely not going to be a significant game because Golden State's likely resting guys there. This one in the middle of the season, how well can the Pelicans keep up with Golden State on the road? That's a big one because there is a good chance these two teams are going to play at some point in the playoffs. And you at least got to make this one competitive rather than getting run out of the building. So how they play in that January 16th game, I think, is a very big deal. Then, of course, I've got to mention it as we keep going through the schedule. Saturday, February 23rd, Los Angeles Lakers here in the Smoothie King Center. The one time that the Lakers are coming to New Orleans this season. That is going to be a lot of fun. No matter what, it's going to be a fun game, even though you're going to see an absolute fuckload of Lakers gear there. And especially now that they're supposed to be good and have LeBron James. This one's funny because the Pelicans are really trying to sell this game as a single game thing to people for high and high money because they say, where else are you going to get to see the Lakers for this kind of price? And they're very true about that. It's a Saturday. There's not a whole lot going on. So I think that's going to be um, a big one for this New Orleans team. Can they get it going during that time? Hopefully they can. If you can get that win, you might really see this city start to really get behind this Pelicans team who are hopefully going to be in the midst of the playoff race at that point. And those to me are really some of the biggest games of the year. When you look at the schedule and we broke it down before on this podcast, they don't travel a ton compared to other teams. I think that's a really big thing. You see them kind of being on the bit of a favorable end of the back-to-back type of stuff here. And just overall, it's not too hard. You get Golden State three times instead of four. That's a nice difference here. You get the Lakers three times instead of four, which is probably a good thing, to be honest, with LeBron James, who has been capable of beating any team in the league by himself. And there's a couple stretches that are quite easy for them. So those are the games I think I'm most excited for, the biggest games that are really going to kind of tell you a lot about this team. And it is going to be a fun, fun season. Also, let me know on Twitter what games you're most looking forward to. Of course, at Nola Jake on Twitter. So before we just jump into things going on around the NBA and with this Pelicans team, kind of the grab bag of news, get you caught up to date on everything going on this offseason, college football season has actually started, but it really gets started this weekend. And guess what? We're launching Locked On College. You're going to hear a whole lot more about college football coming from the Locked On Podcast Network. We've got Alabama. We've got Penn State. We have a number of the biggest teams out there. So Wherever your alma mater is, just search Locked On That Team because I guarantee you we're going to have one out there soon. And of course, LSU will be coming. So make sure you stay tuned for Locked On LSU. So the big news of the day, of course, is Manu Ginobili retiring from the San Antonio Spurs, a guy who is straight up a Hall of Famer and will go in the second he can. And I think you're kind of seeing 
Finally, the last bit of kind of the old guard of the Spurs really washed away, and you've got to wonder if this means that there is a clock ticking on Greg Popovich being their head coach now that Tony Parker, Tim Duncan, and Ginobili are no longer there. Kawhi Leonard's been traded away, so there's no link through that side of anything either. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens to them. A lot of people are still putting them kind of in the playoff race. Some are higher than others. Some are really low on them. Of course, we will find out, I guess, when it comes to it. But certainly, this is a changing of the guard there and it's kind of sad to see Ginobili retire he's got some of the more bizarre moments and fun moments in the NBA of course he hit the bat with his hand that was flying around the the arena one time Um, all of those blocks from behind on guys that he was uh, far shorter than which was always kind of fun to see you know the euro steps the different things that he could do just kind of the ultimate competitor and gamer Um, yeah there were some flops in there too but a really fun guy to watch and a guy who was so driven to win and I mean again nothing but a Hall of Famer, and there's a reason he commands respect around the NBA as a whole. But that's not the news you're here for. We know what it is. You guys want to know about who the Pelicans are potentially looking to bring in to this team, and there's some names for that kind of backup third string point guard spot that we've kind of had open for this New Orleans Pelicans team for a while. Um, We haven't talked about him on here because nothing really materialized from it, but Alexi Shved, who was, I think, drafted by the Timberwolves, maybe? Bucks, something like that. Um, And now plays in Europe. Um, Supposedly, the Pelicans were interested in him. He didn't want to come back to the United States. I think he's waiting another year, so there's more cap space and he can sign a longer-term deal. Um, Mario Chalmers was, of course, linked to the team. But the two most recent names are Ty Lawson and Tyrone Wallace. Ty Lawson is a name that's probably familiar to everybody. Um, And you all remember him from his time in Denver, where he was an excellent player. He's kind of been a bit washed up. He's had a lot of personal issues, too. Um, with alcoholism and drinking and other things like that. So you got to wonder if that means, you know, it's New Orleans. This is part of the culture here. That's a bit of a concern I have. But again, I don't know what's gone on with him in his personal life in the meantime. So I don't want to know or or make kind of any uh, assumptions there. So he was on the Wizards last year. Looked pretty decent in the NBA playoffs against the Raptors, to be honest. I think it's a decent buy low candidate. You can always waive him later, and it might be on a partially guaranteed deal that guarantees by a certain date and all of those fancy things that you can do with NBA contracts. But the speed is there. The g- dude is fast. And I think that's just a good thing to have. Put him around some shooters alongside Anthony Davis and let the speed uh, really kind of take over and be the thing he does. It's also a veteran guy. And we know how Alvin Gentry likes to rely on these veteran players versus some of the younger guys. I'm not high on Frank Jackson this year. I think he's got tons of potential. I just don't think we're really going to get to see it. Tyrone Wallace is not a name that a lot of people know. He played with the Clippers last season um, and is a restricted free agent. So of course the Clippers can match anything um, thrown at him, but he played pretty well. Averaged almost 10 points per game, three and a half uh, rebounds and 2.4 assists in almost 30 minutes per game. Um, He's got good size and length. He's six, five. Of course, that's a thing that you want to see. And that's something that this team really likes. So that's a name that could come out there. But again, he's controlled by the Clippers, but it's worth keeping an eye on. But certainly Um, And then, of course, Wallace really doesn't have a three-point shot whatsoever. He's not going to be a court spacer. But again, he's not going to be playing out there with Alfred Payton or anything like that. So I think you can kind of get by with it. 
Um, so certainly the Pelicans want to shore up this position. They've been linked to a number of people um, throughout the offseason trying to get there. I don't know if one's better than the other. I think we all assume Alfred Payton will be the presumed starter. You'll see Drew Holiday play some um, minutes at the one as well alongside um, you know, Ian Clark playing that. Etwan Moore can do that too. So while they want to get this position filled it's not the end of the world if they don't or i don't expect that guy to play a very major role with the team this coming season and there you have it kind of quick catch up with things going on around the league and with this pelicans team so that's going to do it for this edition of locked on pelicans thank you all for listening as always i'm your host jake madison at nola jake on twitter we are marching on throughout this offseason getting closer and closer to media day training camp and preseason and it's going to be a lot of fun so thank you all for listening and i'll be back with you all next time